I've always been told that there's a gap in distance go swimming. And I think me, Emily and Amber and the rest of us are just really trying to fill that gap because we know that we're good enough. We know that we trained so hard and we know that hitting those times is definitely something in our reach. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. Me and Dan are back after a nice little rest over the Christmas period. Of course, we both managed to get ill. That is just the way it goes. But we are back with a fantastic episode of the podcast this week. As you've just heard, we take a deep dive into distance swimming with Fleur Lewis. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm still a little bit nasally now, so I do apologize if you you can hear that through your headphones or wherever you're watching and listening to this. Uh, I hope everyone's had a great Christmas and New Year's. We're back, like Scott said, after a little break, and we're ready for what 2024 has in store. We're starting the year off with a bang, as we've got Fleur on to talk about distance swimming, uh, the Andy Manley squad, and her preparations as we head towards British Olympic trials, which is at the start of April. Yes, we did promise at the end of last year that our episodes leading into trials are going to be good. And we've already lined up, I can tell you, four amazing Mm. guests that are certainly going to be making waves at trials. Flirt is the first one of those. She set the British record in the 1500 meters short course at Bucks like two months ago, a month ago now. November. Um, We've been trying to get her on because we really want to discuss certainly the progress of women's distance swimming in Britain because it is moving. It's getting there. So please welcome on to this week's podcast, Fleur Lewis. Fleur, thank you for joining us on the podcast this week. Our first podcast back from Christmas and New Year. Um, how, how was your New Year? How did you spend it? So straight after, straight off the bat, after winters, we went, we came back and we had one more week here at Loughborough. And it was a really tough week. We did 90k that week. So it was 11 sessions and it was, it was very hard to get through knowing that Christmas <laughs> right around the corner. So it was really tough mentally and physically, but we all kind of got through it together as a team and it was really good. And then I had a few days, I had the 23rd, I trained the 23rd, then had the 24th, 25th off and 26th off. And then in between Christmas and New Year's, I trained at my home club, Barnet Cocktail. And they their Christmas training is they train once a day, but it's three hours long and, it, and it's normally in between 10 and 11K. And they kind of alternate each session between like A2 work. So that's like quite, quite below heart rate, like a low heart rate. And it's just sometimes I'll be kicking there or I am in there. And then the next day would be threshold. So it's a lot harder the next day. So <laughs> we kind of use the other day as recovery. So, but that was good. Um, and it was nice to be at my home club again because I haven't seen them in a while. And then I'm back here now. <laughs> so when you go back for Christmas then, it's not like Andy's or your coach Andy Manley will get into him a little bit later on. is sending you away with big sessions that you've got to go do by yourself. He trusts you to, yeah. or you trust your home club essentially to give you the sessions that you need. Yeah, so... I spoke to him before I left and I told him the type of training that we do and he said that it was good and he said he kind of said to just kind of relax over Christmas he said that it's very important to have a mental break from swimming because especially the season coming up is going to be so huge and like Mm. it's gonna like we're gonna have to really put our head down for it so I think he was happy with only doing four sessions um over Christmas because he knows that they're 10 and 11k so like it's not like I'm doing nothing (laughs) And, um, I was going to say, that's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he was happy with, with what I was doing because, um, yeah, he knows, he trusts that I'll, I'll do everything I need. Um, 
I went to the gym and I just kind of maintained my fitness throughout the throughout the holiday. Yeah, that's the thing. I, being a distant swimmer, I assume you can't have too many days off because then you lose so much fitness and momentum, I suppose. But you had you had a solid three days off, and do you feel now refreshed because of those three days? Um, kind of. It's kind of it's <laughs> annoying because you want those three days off, but it's it is quite tough getting straight into it. So, like the first training session back was quite tough, just trying to get into that rhythm again because. Just even having like a day off, like can can change the way I swim like the next day because we're very like because we do so much volume. Mm, having mm. even just a day off can really like alter the way I train the next day. So yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> so week to week, then are you not having a session off in the week? Are you you work are you every day in the pool? So. At the moment, recently, he's got me in 11 sessions a week. So I'll be training twice a day, Monday to Friday, and then Saturday morning. So then I kind of do get the afternoon or Saturday off and Sunday off. And then Monday mm. morning is always a bit stiff. Like I always yeah. say to Andy, I'm struggling a little bit just because I've had that day off. But um, I won't not, I will definitely not swim on a Sunday because I need okay. my rest. Yeah. Need it, yeah. I will just you just got to really power through the Monday morning and then the rest of the week. It gets harder because the sessions are harder, but it gets easier in the sense that you feel more yourself in the water. So when you say it gets harder, is that in terms of volume? So is the intense, uh, sorry, is the dis- meter going to be increased even further than what it was at the 90k week? So you're going to end up hitting maybe 100? Is uh, that what you're kind of saying? I meant like the Monday morning is always, he kind of knows that we're a bit stiff, so the session is... is okay. A bit more not even not really laid back but just like he knows that you're going to be stiff and not feeling the best but then like we get straight into a hard set monday night again and then okay. that kind of gets the ball rolling for the rest of the week wow. and what kind of sessions would those entail the, those hard ones um just lots of thresholds to be honest um, yeah. unfortunately i swim best with loads of meters and lots of okay. threshold i think I've discussed with Andy that just as many meters as I can manage with the amount of threshold is best for my swimming. So we'd kind of bef- like towards um, race races, we do maybe a bit more race pace work, but like when we're with the bulk of the season, it's normally threshold type work. Okay. So looking forward then to the next month or so, I know like winter months as any swimmer is tough it's not fun so what's the outlook for a distance swimmer in the winter months so i actually think the winter months for distance swimmers is we always have to do lots of meters i feel like it never really comes down even in the summer like for for the big meets in the summer i'd never really taper either because the more i taper the worse i swim Mm. so i need to keep the meters up so so kind of throughout the whole year it's it's big meters it's always it's always ranges between 80 90k a week so then it's just more of the fact it's dark and it's cold which makes it harder through these winter months and because um because like the big competitions are kind of far away but not that far Mm. it's like it's hard to keep that motivation but then the closer we get to it the more motivated you feel and it gets better when the wet, the warmer weather comes around. 
And how do you get through those harder periods? Let's say, it, it, obviously, it's cold now, it's dark outside. Mm. How do you get through that and motivate and drive yourself through to get up every morning, well, five mornings, six mornings every week? How, yeah. how do you do that? Well, I think it's more, I, I tend to find that the more I overthink about it, the worse it gets. So I really mm. just try to take one day at a time. So I'm like, okay, well, if I can just get up for this training and go to it, then it's good. And then when I'm in the water, I'm like, okay, well, if I can just push myself now. So I take mm. it very, very small at a time. Just so moment can... by moment almost. Yeah, yeah, literally. Mm. Because if I overthink it and I'm like, oh, I've got such a big week, I've got so many sessions, like this month is going to be so long, then like it, I find it so much harder to get through the month. So if I just mm. don't think about later on i just think about mm. now and what i'm doing now i find it so much easier to get through it mm. yeah like i'd spiral straight away if someone said yeah 90k week yeah. nope no nope, i'm out i'm out i'm done yeah. um <laughs> how great is it to have like the squad dynamic that you've got going on at loughborough i know we've spoken on this podcast so many times we've mm. spoken to a fair few of them before mm. but it's a heck of a good squad that's going on there with Dan Whiffin breaking world records. You got Hector Pardo who's doing things in open water. Toby Robinson. The the list is endless. How great is it to have those guys around you, and how important is it to actually to to like you succeeding in your training, let alone your racing? Yeah, it's it's honestly I feel so privileged just to be in the squad. To be honest, I think like you used to, I used to always see like Olympians and world record holders as like these superheroes. Mm. like when you're younger I feel like everyone does that so then mm. to be training with these Olympians and world record holders it's like it doesn't even feel real because you know them like they're your friends it's quite insane that those are the people that are breaking these world records and um but no I I do love our squad it's like we all train really hard we all really push each other throughout the training sessions and the older ones like like Dan he would help me through a session so sometimes he'd be like come on Flo you can go faster than that or like or they help with technique and say oh mm. maybe you shouldn't do that with your cats or something like that so they do really help me throughout um all the sessions and i think it's just such a good dyma- dynamic that we have in our squad what was it what was it like when dan did break that world record what, what was the squad like was it just oh, literally just it was insane. yeah <laughs> um unfortunately we weren't swimming at the time that he was racing because at, when they were at europeans a lot of the time when they were racing, we'd be swimming, so we'd get out and we'd watch them swim and we'd cheer them on. But um, we weren't all together when we watched the world record, but I, like, it was insane. Everyone, but the next morning when we came up swimming, everyone was like, did you see Dan? <laughs> it was insane. And seeing everyone post about him and just, we're all so happy for him because we know how hard he trains, so it was really good. Mm. It's a big yeah. confidence builder, I'm sure, for the squad mm. as well, that, like, you're all heading in that same direction. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah. we, We've spoken about him like a few times already, like skirted around it. But Andy Manley, he, he's doing mm. a fantastic job with the squad. He was actually the conversation we had with him. I think it was like 12 months ago to the day. It was like the first episode of 2023 was our most listened to episode last year. Everyone wants to know what he's doing mm. there. So is there anything specific he's doing to bring the best out of you, yourself in your swimming? Mm-hmm. I think he's very invested in his swimmers, I think. Um, he t- he puts a lot of time in each individual swimmer and they, we, he knows that we're all different. So, for example, this morning we had four different sets going on because okay. hmm. even though we're all distant swimmers, we're all different with how we train or there's 1,500 swimmers or there's 400 swimmers or there's open water swimmers. So he really specialises, especially in key sets. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the type of work we should be doing. And I think he's just, he's really on it and he knows what he's doing. And I think we all trust in him and we just kind of get on with it because we know that he's giving us the best that we need to do. Yeah, I think that's one of my questions was that you have your 1500s moves, but then you go all the way up to 10K and then they've got to do sighting, I assume. I'm not an open water specialist at all, but they do specific stuff like that. So I assume you all come together on, let's say your A2 sessions, but when it's the key (laughs) sessions, you then split apart. Is that right? Yeah, so... Um, the open water group this morning would do more like long reps. So they'll do a thousands or two thousands. Whereas um, I train a lot with Lucy Hanquit, who's also a 1500 mm. swimmer who you may have seen at Bucks. Mm. And um, we do a lot more threshold work, whereas the 400 swimmers would do more race pace work to really help get in the gears that they need to push for the 400 and the 200. So it is really mm. good. Is it important for you to have Lucy doing that set with you? Like having someone opposite? Like you could be in this squad with amazing swimmers, but mm. actually if you're going up and down completely by yourself, I can imagine it can get quite lonely. Yeah, it definitely can. Like when, if Lucy's away on camps or competitions, it does get quite hard to push yourself because me and Lucy have really similar training times and we're both really competitive. So we really <laughs> yeah. push each other in training because neither of us want to lose so sometimes Andy would put us head to head and be like okay you should really push each other in the set which we do so it is I'm really grateful to have her on our squad because she does we do really push each other and I definitely wouldn't have got the times I've got if it wasn't for her yeah how does Andy make it sort of interesting because to me if I'm being told I'm doing 90k this week Mm. I'm just imagining that I'm just going bombing up and down up and down up and down it's quite I imagine that could be quite tedious how does he make it sort of exciting or you know encourage you to do it all of the time well it can only get so exciting i think (laughs) sessions are quite boring because um you are swimming up and down but he never gives us the same session twice like we've always got different sessions different warm-ups so it's interesting in that sense that we're never doing it again um the only sets we do again if they're kind of test sets sets, we've improved yeah but um other than that, they're always different and sometimes it'd be kick, sometimes it would be like some fly would be put in there and stuff like that. So I think he's he's quite good at hiding meters. Like sometimes it would be like, <laughs> okay. Oh, we've we've done eight K already but sometimes it's like, Oh, we've only done four. So <laughs> they're the hard days, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad you're honest there and just say look, it, it, it can get boring. Like yeah. meters are meters. That's grueling, I imagine. <laughs> just such hard work. Yeah, there's no beating around the bush for that. Like it can, it can never be not boring swimming night to gay a week. <laughs> Does a lot it's... of backstroke have to be involved as well? Because if you're doing freestyle the whole time, the repetitive movement must give you shoulder <laughs> issues. Does you have to do backstroke and a lot of resistance bands, pre pull stuff like that? Yeah, we do. I had a shoulder injury like during the summer, mm. so um, I'd focus a lot on resistance band before the training session. So for, for pre pull, it's really important. For all of us who all see us doing with banded work because we know how much stresses will be on our shoulder mm. so um we kind of only do backstroke for recovery so if okay. we do a really long like a 10k session we'll do maybe 200 back at the end even though it's not that much but it oh, does wow. really help our shoulder <laughs> so it feels like a tiny recovery for it yeah. <laughs> smallest one yeah well oh, let... i think a lot of our turnaround times are quite fast yeah so if it is like a recovery it's like oh i've got to do three soldiers to make it the turnaround okay yeah yeah 
Oh, blimey. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk about your performances in the pool then, because you've started this season mm-hmm. pretty well, we would say. Mm. So at Bucks, you hit the short course record. Was that expected going into Bucks? Was it a big target? Um, it, I kind of had my eye on it since last year when I was doing, when we did short course last year, because my short course times improved so much last year. And I kind of knew if I kept doing what I was doing in the pool, that British record was definitely something I could achieve. And um, after doing, we came straight back from altitude. So I knew I was really fit. I was probably the fittest I've ever been. And I just kind of went in there with confidence. And to be honest, when I was swimming, I had no idea how fast or slow I was going. I, I can tell you it didn't. I was thinking this could either be really slow or really fast. And um when I saw the wall, it w- when I saw the time, it was it was a really good feeling. It was definitely, I just felt like, oh, finally my work has paid off. Like mm. I really deserve this, and I'm so happy that it's it's come out on my races. I imagine the confidence because of that is now sort of fueling you, ready for yeah Edinburgh, Edinburgh International, and then obviously champs leading up as well. Does Andy take short course very seriously? Because obviously you've got that British record. Dan's just broken a world record. It, is there a reason why he targets the short course season so hard? Well, we actually don't target it at all, really. It's Do you not? We, oh, right. We, I think the reason why we swim well is because straight off the bat after summer, we get straight into work. Like, we don't really mess about. We just get straight into it. It's really hard from the get-go. And then um, I think from from the summer until then, we've we've improved already so much because of how much work we're doing. So getting in the short course is just, I think the reason why we're so well is because we're having fun. We know that okay. it's, I feel like short course is a bit of less pressure because it's not the Olympics. Mm, Olympics when, um, we kind of just have fun with it. And I think it really helps because we're all swimming really well. Because like for winters and for bucks, we all kind of swam through that. So we weren't even rested for it. And then... Okay. Europeans, I don't think Dan was even that rested either, and he somehow got that world record. That's mad. Okay. Wow. So, I think we just kind of pushed through this season for the um, long long course season. Yeah, I can imagine long course is a much better feeling as a distance swimmer, because you're not spending half your life spinning around <laughs> like I, had, I i quite like short courses it feels you, more you like, like the walls sprint. yeah <laughs> God, i'd get dizzy it feels more <laughs> like a sprint when you're going for like 16 minutes <laughs> well my turns are awful i don't know how right, okay. i managed to get the record for the short course but i think it's just you take each each length individually so mm. you push off you're like okay this length and then this length and then it goes by faster if you think it like that Okay, I've got you. So you're like more engaged for a, yeah. a shorter period of time, but more times. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, kind of a side note, Bucks as a whole, like you, mm-hmm. you ended up breaking British record there. I think Dan Whiffin had broken the Bucks record when mm-hmm. he was there. Should these meets, like these university meets, be bigger? Like I know Loughborough, the university you're at, just dominates, but. Mm-hmm. As a whole, like the amount of swimmers that are at universities, the amount of competitive races where you're there, to me it feels like this actually should be a major meet on the swimming calendar because you guys are having to swim fast for scholarships and the point in the season when the racing is. Like, it's a real shame for me when I go to this meet and there's not any fans in the stand whatsoever, Mm. really. It's just university students. But for me, it's, it's such a big meet. It should be a big meet. 
Yeah, I agree. I think Bucks is so fun. I really enjoy Bucks. And I think the mm. reason why people swim well is because people are excited to be there. It's like the atmosphere is really good. Everyone's really cheering for their team, like all the time. Like the stands are so loud, like louder mm. than nationals. Yep. Oh, yeah, so by a mile. Definitely, definitely. By so much. And everyone really wants everyone to do well. And when people do do well, like the atmosphere is even better. And I think like more people should come watch it because that's really what swimming is. Like it's fun and it's so exciting to watch. So I definitely think it should be better. I think where it's positioned in the calendar, February, especially long course, mm. February, is it the, like the perfect month to trial stuff out or like a last minute yeah. sort of tester to see how you are ready for champs, which is usually start of April. So you've mm. got like six weeks or so, maybe even less than that, sorry. Yeah, no, six weeks to try things out. And I think that's usually, I don't know why people don't target that like Bucks more than they do, mm. to be honest with you. Yeah, I think Bucks has always, has always been one of my favourite uh, meets because because of swimming well and because everyone there is just having fun. And I think mm. it is a really good opportunity to try other things because if you swim well, that's really good. But if you don't, it's also not the end of the world. But um, time, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's a really good meet to just try things and uh, see your friends and have fun. Yeah. So let's start looking ahead towards later on in the year after Bucks with trials coming up. You you say you're from London. How great is it to be back racing or for champs to actually be back racing at the London Aquatic Centre. Yeah, it's. I'm really excited. I think the London Aquatic Centre is a really good pool. I used to do my regionals and counties there, which, so I kind of see the pool not as big as everyone else would yeah, because okay. mm. I did smaller events there. But I think that would also help take the pressure down a little bit because I'm like, I'm familiar with the pool. I know what's around it. I know point A to B, and I think it's going to be really good. I'm excited for it. So what's the, the mindset going into trials? Is it to hit the nomination time or is it just to race the race? Uh, both, to be honest. I think me and Andy are really working hard on to um, get in that Olympic qualifying time. Um, it's definitely something I really want to achieve this year. And also racing, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be very nerve-wracking, I think. <laughs> but I'm really excited for it and I think... Like having Emily and Amber in that race, I think it's going to be it's going to be an exciting mm. race. I think. Yeah, it's really good that suddenly, what six, twelve months out from the Olympics, that we've suddenly got these distance girls coming through mm. to like push each other as well. I know there's Leah Crisp as well, who's mm. again focusing a little bit more on open water like Amber, but to actually have a competition like you're gonna have to race fast against each other almost takes the nomination time out of your hands when you're in the pool yeah definitely i think um i've always been told that there's a gap in distance girls swimming and i think me emily and amber and the rest of us are just really trying to fill that gap because we know that we're good enough we know that we train so hard and we know that um hitting those times is definitely something in our reach yeah. and we also know that like british swimming i feel like don't pay that much attention to it and i think Having us three in the race is going to be like really exciting and hopefully get more interest in our in the race. Yeah, it's weird. Like distance swimming has always had that kind of mm. nagging reputation just globally that oh, it's, yeah. it's a bit boring, but it's not. It's like, changed. The, the men's the men's distance side is <laughs> yeah. as exciting as it's ever going to be. Definitely. And then, like you say, you three guys at or you three girls at trials. That's the race I've got circled because I want to mm -hmm. see the head to head with that. Obviously, Amelie's going in as uh, she's champion from British last champ, year, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. 
yeah. so which is nuts for someone so young. Yeah. So like already there's so much highlighted on it, and then the nomination time, I, I feel like it's within reach. Like I know you've all got to drop time to get there, but the progress has been massive over the last twelve months for yeah. British girl or British distance swimming in this country, and mm -hmm. it just it almost feels like. I don't know, the timing's been perfect from everyone moving on to that race. Yeah, definitely. I think Emily's such a fantastic swimmer and because she's so young, it's quite scary because it's like, <laughs> whoa, this girl is insane. But mm. it's really good because we really push each other on even if we're not racing each other. Like, we'll see a time that she does or she'll t see a time that I do and we'll be like, okay, I want to beat that next time. Mm. And, like, the times are just going down every every time we swim and I think... By the time it hits April, I think we both got a really good chance getting that time. Yeah, I think it was you three girls. There was a stats, and I think Paul Boy did it, and you three girls are in the top five. Yeah. It, literally in the last 15, like, couple yeah. of months. Short course 15, I think it was, yeah. which is such a good sign of things to come. And that race, like Scott said, we've got that race circled, and it should be a, a good old showdown. I'm really looking mm. forward to that one. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, I think. I'm a bit nervous for it, but I'm also really excited. I'm really excited to show everyone like what I've been training for and and how and how well I'm I'm gonna swim. Mm. What what do you do between now and then, other than taking it moment by moment to mm. take your mind away from the nerves leading into trials? Yeah, what, what's I the think, strategy? I think if I just don't really think about it or think about it as just a goal. So if I'm training, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna push myself. So it's easier to get the time mm. then. Mm. So the harder I train, the more relaxed I feel because I know I'm doing everything I can to get the time and I know I'm pushing myself towards that time. And hopefully I'll be able to go on another altitude camp again. I'm not really sure if that's going to happen, but to get that done as well would be amazing. And I think um, just training hard is just what you, what the only thing you can do. Mm. I assume the, the game plan in terms of race tactics has already been set. Like you like you look you look in the men's distance swimming and they basically sprint, sprint. at the start and then <laughs> sprint at the end as well and I don't know if that's gonna soon be the case for women's distance swimming as well but yeah. have you got your set plan already? We don't we don't really have a plan I think I do need to work on um, the sprint side of things because that is definitely one of my weaknesses. Um, just getting stronger in the water will help me with the start of the race because I'm um, I always tend to be a back-end swimmer because I always come mm. back towards the end instead of going out of the start. But I think going out of the start would be a good plan. And I think um, definitely girls should start doing that because we're we're strong. Like, we'll be able to get through the race. Even if we go out fast, we'll be able to hold mm. it and as mm. well sprint in the end. Mm. Absolutely. Well, Flirt, it's been a lot of fun talking to you on this podcast. We usually finish with some quick-fire questions, so we're, we'll okay. rattle through those before we finish. Okay. Uh, so what's your favourite event? Um, the 200 fly. Oh. Well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about the wrong topic. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, probably the 15, but then a more fun event, I'd say 200 fly. Fun, fun event. To, to watch or to swim? Okay. Uh, I think because... It's probably the shortest race I do. I find it fun because okay. <laughs> That's it's like more of a sprint for me. But I, yeah, I think the 1500 would, would be my main event, favorite oh, event. So 200 fun. fly over 200 free? Yeah, I, I can't do 200 free. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Uh, who is your swimming idol? Um, Katie Ledecky. Easiest answer going. Yeah. Uh, what's your proudest moment in swimming so far? Um, 
probably getting that British record at Bucks. Uh, what's the hardest set you've ever done? Oh, I think when I was probably 15, I did the A400s. And I think that was really hard just because I was so young and it was just really long. Wait, 3400s. How, how far is that? My maths is off. 12k. 12k. Ow. Ah, fun. Uh, and a question to get to know you a little bit away from the swimming pool. If you were to go on a road trip, there's three spaces in the car. You can take friends, family, celebrities, anyone you want with you. Who would you take? Oh, um, I think I'll take my dad because he's good at good at knowing stuff. And then <laughs> I'll take um, my friend Imogen and my friend Liv. Nice. nice. We always yeah. like, a, like a, a wholesome car. Yeah. <laughs> well, Flirt, thank you so much for coming on to this week's podcast. Best of luck over well, the winter months as well as leading into trials as well. I'm sure it's going to be a very fun time for the whole squad. Um, mm -hmm. And distance swimming really is in a good place. And I'm excited to see what you and the whole of the Loughborough program do in the summer. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, congratulations on that British record as well, by the way. That was a huge swim. Yeah. And hopefully, fingers crossed, another British record comes your way quite soon in the long course, Paul. That would be something, eh? But that yeah, best, best of luck at trials. Thank you so much. Dan, me and you have never been fans of distance swimming when we were swimming in That's a swimming true. pool. The meters that Fleur has just talked about <laughs> on this podcast are something I cannot comprehend. Yet, me and you are huge fans of what's happening in the distance scene. So to hear firsthand from Fleur about the amazing stuff that's going on in that Andy Manley squad at Loughborough is, is really insightful and really beneficial for everyone leading into British champs. I loved her honest approach. Like she didn't sugarcoat it saying like distance swimming is, you know, it's fun, I it's enjoyable. It. It's, no, it does get hard. It, it's sometimes quite boring because they've got to do 90, 100k a week, which is, you know, if you're a swimmer, that is, that's not shorts. That, that's a long way. And the fact that she has to swim 11 times a week um, every morning, pretty much apart from Sunday, yep. is that's it's hard going. Uh, it's not easy being a long distance swimmer. And that squad in general, Fleur, Dan, whatever Andy's doing, is just amazing. And I've loved the insight that she's given us for that. And hopefully someone's taken away, well, not just someone, everyone's taken away <laughs> something from this episode. Yeah, I mean, if you want to become a world record holder like Dan or you're bidding to be an Olympian like Fleur is, it's, it's not meant to be a walk in the park it's not meant to <laughs> no, be fun no. like, at the end of the day you're gonna have to you have to like, work dedicate yeah. and work for it to some level um the most interesting thing i actually took away from this is she she kind of mentioned it in passing but the way she tapers is that her meterage it sounds like still hovers around the 80k mark because mm. she she gets rusty very quickly and it's it's something that I've heard about on commentary when you hear like Andy Jameson, Sharon Davis talking, they say, oh yeah, these distance swimmers, they need to keep training through. They don't mm. like tapers, but to keep it at a level of 80K and for her to say, oh yeah, if I take a Sunday off, I feel horrible on Monday. Like, yeah, it almost sounds like an exaggeration to me, but the way she was talking of it, it it's not. But every summer is different, mind you, because I remember uh, Laura Stevens very similar sort of mindset or sort of like body physiology where she's almost got to train through yeah yeah and then she performs better when it comes to race day but then you have the other center end of the spectrum i'm assuming here because we haven't spoken to him on the podcast but ben proud he might need a proper <laughs> three-week taper you know for example um fleur is not one of those people she has to almost train up to the day by the sounds of it which is um well that's how her body works and hopefully well not hopefully 
Andy's obviously recognised that and that's why she's performing as well as she is. And who knows what she's going to do at trials. It's going to be a fascinating race, both the 8 and the 15. Yeah, we spoke about it on the, like, to finish the podcast, but me and you have that 1500 circled for a very good reason. Like, it is going to be a fascinating swim race battle between Fleur, Emily Bloxage, Amber Keegan, uh, Leah Crisp, I'm sure one or two, like Lucy Fox might make her way up to that distance as well. Mm. Um, there's a few more coming through as well. But the nomination standard, while it's tough to go to the Olympics, so 1601.95, and like a year ago, we would say, oh, that's too far. Mm. It suddenly doesn't feel like too far with the momentum that is happening in women's distance swimming. I think it's within reach of, yeah. if not one, maybe two of them. Maybe even three. I, I have no idea. So, But if they have the same mentality as Fleur, which I'm going to assume they do, and they yeah. push each other on, they're edging like head-to-head the, the entire way, and it does come down to a last 50 sprint that we're quite accustomed to on the men's side, then mm. who knows what these girls are going to swim. But I, I, I honestly, I think it's within reach. I think one of those girls at least is going to hit that time. That'd be impressive if you like, yeah. your prediction of three comes through. First episode, well, first, <laughs> first episode of twenty twenty four. Dan's gone nuts. Wishful thinking, I think. <laughs> you know, hopeful, but I mean, I'd love for all three of them to to hit the time. But of course, then only two qualify. That would be heartbreaking for the third person. But mm. uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I hope everyone who's listened to this podcast has taken away a bit of insight into the the leading distance program in this country Mm. um and yeah we can't wait to see what happens at trials which is now only three months away if not less it's gonna come around fast it is it is so that just about rounds up this week's episode of the propulsion swimming podcast if you have enjoyed it why not leave a comment on our youtube channel uh review us on spotify apple podcasts and me and dan will be back in one week's time with another swimmer targeting an olympic place at trials in a few months time yes very exciting thank you for listening everyone and we'll catch you on the next one you've been listening to the propulsion swimming podcast with scott and dan we want to thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as checking out the propulsion swimming youtube channel for weekly tutorials and videos to get your swimming fix we will be back next week until then we'll catch you on the next one